On this week's dose, we have Zach Olson, CEO and founder of Treads, an AI-powered car management subscription platform hot off their recent $4.6 million seed round, which we actually covered back in episode 94. Yeah, quick turnaround on that one, which was awesome to see. Zach has been entrepreneurial really for a long time, having started a skateboard shop with his wife or then-girlfriend at the time, and eventually launched an accounting software company, which he ultimately sold to KPMG. And it was in that experience that he developed a passion for technology and for applying it to antiquated industries. And his next one on the docket would be the auto and tire space. Yeah. So in comes Treads, which allows people like you and me to have peace of mind when it comes to vehicle ownership and maintenance. Through a subscription, you always have proper tires on your vehicle, whether they need repair or they need replacing. It's all included. Pretty genius. Genius, and you can't put a price on peace of mind, partner. In the interview, you'll hear about how Treads positions itself within the auto industry, some key milestones and goals Zach and the team have in their sights, as well as what the long-term vision is for Treads as a household brand. It was awesome to have Zach on the show this week, and we are just stoked to share this conversation with you all. Here it is. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. On this week's dose, we have Zach Olson, CEO and founder of Treads, an AI-powered car management subscription platform and a company we actually covered back on episode 94, right after they raised their $4.6 million seed round. So it's truly an honor, Zach. How's it going today? Doing awesome. Yeah, appreciate the invite to, to come and chat with you guys. Sure thing. Appreciate you taking the time uh, to get things going here. We'd love to hear a little bit more about your early career and how you ultimately got into the wild world of entrepreneurship <laughs> and startups. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting kind of old, so I'll try and keep it, you know, somewhat condensed. But you know, it's it's funny because if if there's any skateboarders listening, there's a, a company that put out a skateboard, and and the slogan on the board was "Skateboarding ruined my life." But <laughs> and and all this will make sense in a minute. But that that was kind of my intro into entrepreneurship was actually coming up through skateboarding. I've skateboarded my whole life. You know, I quickly realized like, look, I'm probably not going to be a professional at this. So the next best thing for me was starting a business in, you know, something that I loved, which was skateboarding. So in, in my early twenties, my wife and I, who was my girlfriend at the time, we actually opened up a retail skate shop selling skateboards and clothes and shoes. Um, and that, that was like really, you know, kind of baptism by fire, right. into <laughs> entrepreneurship, um, quickly learned, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of like retail and, you know, I mean, there's so many lessons that, that, you know, I garnered from, from that experience, but you know, that, 
I believe kind of looking back kind of put me on this path of, of entrepreneurship. And that was my first business shortly after that by running my own business, I quickly realized like, you know, nobody starts a business to try and become an accountant or a bookkeeper. And, and I definitely learned those lessons pretty, pretty quick and hard running the skate shop. So after the skate shop, I actually started my first tech company, which was an accounting software, cloud-based accounting software designed for small businesses. So it was like I was setting out to solve a problem that I had experienced, you know, through through running running the skate shop. So this was like 2013. So kind of rewinding back to that time period, right? Like this is when cloud technology was first, you know, kind of blossoming and, you know, it was really democratizing like SaaS companies and what was possible. And it was, you know, candidly right before like QuickBooks Online. So there's like this unique window of, okay, let's set out and solve this problem for small businesses. So raised a little bit of venture capital with, with that company, which was called Bookly. So that was 2013 you know, blood, sweat, and tears and everything in, into that business. But we ended up getting acquired in 2018. And that was by KPMG. So a big four accounting firm ended up acquiring us. And yeah, I, kind of post acquisition, you know, I was able to hang out at, at KPMG for quite a while. And I joined the enterprise innovation team, you know, spent a little bit of, of time helping them kind of framework like an internal startup studio. And yeah, shortly after that, it was just more of, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. Like if I'm not building, maybe I'm slightly depressed. I, I don't know. <laughs> There's just something in my blood, right? Where it's just like, I always want to be doing something that people think is either crazy or it hasn't been done or just looking at like, I really love looking at super antiquated industries and, and just challenging them. So that was kind of like my early, early genesis, right? So I've gone from like skateboarding to accounting tech, and now we're in auto tech, you know, with treads. So it's certainly a winding, crazy path, but <laughs> it makes sense to me. It's worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a path that, that was going from the skate shop, getting into the world of tech. I assume you sort of saw the light there and were you just looking for the next industry idea to pop in your head? How did you ultimately land on the auto industry to bring a, a tech into something that is antiquated, as you said? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I think, you know, kind of looking back at the whole process of, you know, kind of leading up to launching treads was, you know, all these stars were starting to align. Like every startup, every founder can really, you know, relate where, you know, timing is a big part of, of any opportunity. And, you know, looking at treads specifically, this was kind of like, we started seeing all the auto manufacturers start introducing actual subscriptions for cars like Porsche, Ford, Volvo, you know, a lot of the major manufacturers rolled out an actual subscription for, for cars. You know, I think kind of prior to that though, we had this huge paradigm shift as consumers where we've been introduced to all these other kind of on-demand concepts of 
you know, of course, the subscription model for, for pretty much everything in our life, that's been a massive shift from being able to subscribe to like, you know, your toothbrush to food, <laughs> pretty much every aspect of, of what we consume in life. So that's reimagined things. So the subscription model being in, introduced to the masses, you know, and, and then kind of shifting over to the auto space, but then COVID hit and COVID like obviously flipped the world upside down, but it, specifically looking at the auto space, you know, people had to quickly adjust to um, being able to, to con continue to operate. And that was where this kind of larger trend started emerging of we had all of these service oriented companies who had a shift to like this mobile business model where they would start coming to you. So it was like all of those stars started aligning and look, I'm, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not, you know, a car enthusiast, but I'm a consumer. So kind of taking a step back, like every time I had to deal with anything with my car or my wife's car, it was just like, why is this the best thing that we've come up with as humans to, to manage our vehicles? Like, you know, super antiquated, like we were buying tires, we we're, you know, main, you know, kind of doing these services the same way our grandparents have done it. And, you know, the biggest innovation that the auto space or the tire space had seen was like websites, you know, being able <laughs> to buy tires online was like, that was the most innovation that's been rolled out in the last 20 years. So for whatever reason, it just, all those dots started connecting in my mind. And it was just like, the window opened up and it was just like, consumers are ready for a new business model. They're ready for a new experience. And, you know, I, I think because of technology, it, it completely puts a consumer back in control of how they want to manage, you know, the, the relationship they have with their vehicles. The other crazy dynamic is because of all these other, you know, factors in the economy, people are owning their cars for way longer than we ever have historically. Like right now, the average person owns their car for like 13 years. So that's, that's a lot different than how it has been in the past. So, you know, it just makes so much more sense of like, let's, let's just make this an enjoyable experience, but technology is really what's going to, you know, enable that to happen. So. And so curious to hear a little bit more about Treads. What are some of the biggest challenges facing the startup so far? You know, every every startup has its challenges, like no doubt. Um, you know, I, I think especially once you enter the realm of like venture capital and, you know, again, timing is always, I think, a re recurring theme in, in any company. And, you know, the fundraising landscape has changed dramatically from when when treads was launched to to today so i mean fundraising is always an interesting piece of of any company so that's certainly a challenge for us even after you you know finish a successful fundraise you're always thinking about what's next right what's the next kind of big milestone because that process doesn't really stop outside of that i i think because we are doing something so radical in, you know, again, an antiquated industry such as tires and, and auto, I think when it comes to like establishing 
credibility, your ethos as a company, you know, when you're coming in out of left field, there's always challenges where people look at you from a lens of how does this threaten our standard way of doing things today? So, I mean, that's something that we're, we're always navigating kind of with incumbent partners, you know, showing that we're actually more of a value add than we are a detractor from, from anything in this industry. The auto space is so large. There's so much untapped potential. And especially, you know, one thing I think about is an example of how, you know, an incumbent had to really shift their entire business model was thinking of like Adobe, right? I mean, they were so good at just pumping out software and their business model was more of like, you know, annual licensing and seats and all of these things. But when they had to make that big shift uh, to more of like a SaaS model, you know, to, to really prepare themselves for the future, there's a lot of companies in the auto space that I think are facing kind of the same challenge of like, okay, as older generations, right, are starting to age out, and then there's a new batch of, of young consumers that everybody is really vying for their attention, you know, a lot of incumbents in this space really have to take a step back, reevaluate what do consumers want, how do they want it, and how do we like really adapt ourselves to, you know, start meeting the needs that, that the new up and coming consumers are, are looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to think about, you know, these, these giants in the industry, we have a running joke on our podcast <laughs> called down with big blank, down with big auto, <laughs> down with big ramen, uh, whether it's some of the other ones, Brandon, <laughs> down with big alcohol, down with big job search. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a, it's a, it's a funny joke, but I think it's a common theme, right? Startups yeah. coming into a new industry or, or an industry which has done things the same way for a long time. And then you're mentioning these interesting dynamics with what we, what maybe people who don't know the business as well might call competitors. I am yeah. curious. So you think, you think of it more as a partnership that it may be a sort of rising tides lifts all boats situation, but who are yeah. the competitors of treads? Is it really the status quo? Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I mean, kind of when I was looking at launching the company, you know, with the whole subscription business model and, and all that, it's really exciting because we're the first company in the U.S. market that has really come out strong and, and with a solid structure for, you know, tires as a subscription and auto services as a subscription. But it's been around since 2018 in Europe. So that's what's that was really surprising to me is I can't believe nobody has really done this, you know, in a well thought out manner in, in the U.S. market. So obviously, big opportunity for us, you know, just scooping up market share at this point. Um, but with it being around in, in Europe, when when we start looking at the com competitive landscape in the U.S. market, you know, I. With us selling tires and, and car services, sure, I mean, we're competitive with pretty much every local brick-and-mortar tire shop, right? Or pretty much any website selling tires and shipping them to your house. You know, that's that's really our competitive landscape. But where it becomes more collaborative than competitive 
is we've built out our own service provider network. So basically you download the Treads app, you you know connect your car to it, and then you're just selecting what subscription plan you want. And then you're able to actually pick out your tires and everything. The next step from there is you're scheduling the installation appointment. And we've partnered with essentially everybody from, you know, small mom and pop, you know, mobile installers. They might have one or two mobile vans all the way up to some of the largest national brands you can think of. And we don't own installation vans. We don't employ technicians. This is where Treads kind of has more of like a marketplace feel where, where we have a marketplace of independent installers where we're sending them top line revenue. They don't have to worry about customer acquisition. They don't have to worry about customer service. Some of the best feedback that we get from our network is you're allowing us to do more of what we love, which is actually working on cars versus anything else. Because those are the aspects I think for most business owners they don't want to have to worry about acquiring customers with, with how competitive it is with, you know, it's, it's essentially hand-to-hand combat for a lot of traditional brick and mortar or e-commerce businesses. But with Treads being a mobile app, we have a competitive strategic advantage when it comes to customer acquisition. So, you know, that's, that's where it becomes like this, really unique opportunity and really more collaborative than competitive. Yeah. I love those components of collaboration and partnership. I wanted to circle back to the question about some of the challenges. You mentioned the fundraising environment, how things have changed. So as we said at the top, you recently closed on a seed round led by Mucker Capital. Congratulations again. But curious, what are some of the traits and qualities you're looking for with investors? Oh, man. So, I mean, with this being my second venture-backed company, you know, obviously learned a lot of lessons. You're always learning lessons, I think, as, as a founder. But, you know, just raw qualities. Like, some of the coolest experiences I've had is, has been with Mucker from, from the perspective of they're in the trenches. You know, literally. So the genesis was I was invited to join Mucker's Accelerator, so Mucker Labs. And through Mucker Labs, literally on a weekly basis, I'm on a phone call with Will, one of the partners, and and John, and we're just tearing the business apart on a weekly basis, you know, and then once we tear it apart, we rebuild it, and then we go test it in the marketplace and, and see what changes, you know, how do we continuously improve it? So you know, somebody who having an investor who's willing to be that ingrained in in the business and tearing it apart and building it back up, you know, that's probably one of the coolest things I've gone through personally as, as an entrepreneur with an investor. So yeah, I mean, anytime you can find somebody who's willing to really kind of peel back the layers of, of your business and, you know, help you, help you just put it back together. I mean, that's a pretty amazing experience. Definitely. Yeah. I don't, you know, that's few and far between maybe a little bit more common at the earlier stages, but as you look ahead to raising the next round, whether that is a goal of yours or a milestone, there are likely goals and milestones that you're looking to hit in order to raise that round as a byproduct Mm -hmm. potentially. 
depending yeah. on how you think of it, what, what are those goals you have in mind for the next one to three years? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, when you think about kind of growth and milestones, you know, we kind of bifurcated a little bit different aspects of the company. I mean, from a tech perspective, you know, us really deploying, you know, democratizing what consumers have access to from a data perspective and a feature functionality perspective. Like there's so many cool things that, that we're really digging into from an AI standpoint. You know, again, most consumers are not like car enthusiasts, you know, they're not mechanics. They don't know really what certain things mean. So it's like if a customer gets um, a nail in their tire, they hit a curb, something goes wrong with our technology in the app, they can literally open up the treads app, click on tire repair. It prompts them to take a picture of the tire and we have some visual machine learning in the app that actually will analyze the image, tell the customer whether that tire is repairable or not, and then it prompts them to schedule the correct appointment, all without you know having to talk to a technician or drive their car into a shop. So it's like technologies like that that we're introducing. Uh, we also have a, a, tre a tire tread depth scanner live in the app. So literally, again, a customer can pull out their phone, open up the treads app and they literally just scan their tire with the camera on their phone and it reads uh, and measures the tread depth on their tire so this way you know a consumer in real time can actually know like the health of their tire whether it needs to be replaced or essentially how much life is left on that tire so this this is where we start kind of transforming into more predictive analytics, you know, predictive maintenance, essentially. And, you know, historically, those types of services have been reserved for like commercial application, like fleets, like somebody who owns like 50, 100, 200, you know, vehicles or more. But now, again, because of the rate that technology is going, we're able to democratize this and put it in the hands of a consumer which has never been done in this industry. So, you know, continuing to push the envelope on that perspective, those are certainly, we have way more milestones from a tech standpoint. But when we talk about just raw growth, like, you know, that's, that's definitely one that's more tangible uh, in the sense that today we're in 21 major cities. By the end of this month, we're going to be in 32 cities. And then we're, you know, by the end of 2024, realistically, I think we'll be close to a hundred major cities that treads wow. will be available in. So, you know, we, we definitely have some, some very aggressive amb ambitions as far as look, I mean, this is treads will be a household name, you know, something that when somebody thinks about their car, they think about their tires, you know, the treads app is something that is going to be on their phone. Absolutely. Well, you touched on, and that's so exciting. Congrats on the growth into the new cities this year and, and super nice. big projected growth growth for next year. Wanted to quickly follow up on <clears throat> sort of like this this return on investment idea. Like how are you pitching this to potential new customers who maybe mm. aren't even used to thinking about car maintenance in a preventative yeah. or a predictive sense? What is normally reactive? Oh no, I yeah. got it. What do I do? You know, instead of <laughs> preventative and paying for it in, on a subscription basis, how are you pitching that yeah. and, and talking about that in your, in your copy and your marketing? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point that you made about historically, anything around the vehicle is, is extremely reactive. Like somebody has a flat tire and they take it somewhere and then there's sticker shock. Like it's going to cost me how much or I need to replace all of my tires. You know, I mean, there's a lot of scenarios like that that consumers face every day. And especially in this economy, most people aren't prepared financially for those things, right? So the best way of, of looking at treads, yeah, there is a little bit of a paradigm shift, but I think consumers have been primed and they're ready for a subscription related to car maintenance. From a financial perspective, it's smoothing out the costs, you know, no more sticker shock, you know, when something does go sideways or something unexpected happens. You know, Treads is really kind of that ultimate peace of mind and convenience because when you subscribe, you get a brand new set of tires. Those are typically installed within 24 to 48 hours. So, you know, it's, it's immediate. Um, but once those tires are installed, if anything happens, like if you get a nail, you hit a pothole, the tire blows out, you know, essentially you just open up the Treads app and you click a few buttons and we're coming out to either repair that tire. And if it's not repairable, we actually replace it with a brand new one. So all of that's covered with the subscription. And then on top of that, we're layering on, you know, emergency roadside assistance. So you lock your keys in your car, you run out of gas, you need a tow, all of that's covered. So it is like, you know, you kind of have to look at Treads as this holistic peace of mind subscription. And then once those tires wear out, you know, basically we're looking at tread depth on the tire. If the tread is basically less than 430 seconds, and that's kind of like a nerdy technical tire thing. <laughs> but if it's less than that, that's when you start to become eligible for a brand new replacement set as long as you have an active subscription. So it's kind of this perpetual peace of mind. You, you basically subscribe to treads. And you don't have to worry about your tires as long as you are driving or you own a car. So, and then you take that kind of peace of mind and you apply it across your family if you have one, whether that be a spouse, a partner, children, you know, that's, that's just where it's like, you know, most, most households have more than one car. So if you think about these, the compounding expense of having kind of like this, mini fleet within your family, this is that paradigm shift of you're not just buying a set of tires. I mean, through a subscription, yeah, you're getting tires, but you're getting so much more. And then you start layering on the other maintenance subscriptions that we offer, such as alignments, oil changes, wiper blades. Um, you know, we even have an auto insurance marketplace and we're just rolling out uh, an extended warranty program within Treads. That's that's awesome. It's easy to justify peace of mind when it comes in such a comprehensive solution like with Treads. And it touches on a couple, just a couple of things that Sam and I loved while breaking down and digging deeper into Treads, which is like, you know, the younger generations, Sam and I included, are pretty out of touch with our vehicles and like maintenance <laughs> regarding them. And so making it like an easy app, you know, subscription service, kind of breaking it down yeah. to something more understandable and digestible. Also, we were joking, we don't necessarily trust mechanics for whatever reason. 
So like also oh, totally. building in a little circle yeah. of trust within yeah, I mean, the Treads app is, is awesome. Most consumers fall fall into that as well, where it's just, you know, for whatever reason, right, there is a level of mistrust. But if we can bring a new sense of transparency to the whole experience from pricing to even verifying if your tires are in good condition or not, but a self-verification process through scanning right from your phone. It's a, it's just a different, it's a different level of experience. Mm -hmm. Curious if you see with the general shift from gas powered cars to electric vehicles, does that have any impact on the startup? You know, it, it's certainly interesting, right? Cause I mean, it's, there's definitely a shift happening in, in the future of, automobiles and definitely EVs have gotten a bad rap over the last few months, you know, certainly a lot of skepticism. And then I think overall, like the infrastructure, the charging infrastructure still needs a bit more, you know, uh, a bit more time maybe to establish itself for, for mass adoption. But from a maintenance and a tire perspective, what's crazy is EVs definitely go through tires much faster. You know, and I think most consumers are not prepared or educated about what that means for them, right? So depending on your driving habits and patterns, that can definitely have a huge impact in your tire consumption. So Treads has certainly become very popular with a lot of EV owners because, you know, not only are they going through tires quicker, but they're much more expensive because they're a higher end tire. So, and, and typically a larger size tire than uh, a lot of combustion engine vehicles, like economy level vehicles. Hmm. Yeah, that wouldn't be initially intuitive to me, but I guess it's, it's kind of the driving style and, and the change in speed and things along those lines. Is that, is that what the difference is? Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you, you, you go from like a combustion engine and then you hop in an EV and then all of a sudden you can go from like zero to 60 in like three seconds, right? Yeah. You know, that, that level of torque, that's a different relationship a car has with its tires. Yeah. Um, and, and it changes the way that that car is going to consume tires. So interesting. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good tailwind. And I think <laughs> generally I would, I would like to think the people adopting EVs now are more tech forward, you know, forward thinking. And so it yeah. goes along nicely with the type of people you're targeting with treads. So I uh, wasn't what I was expecting with that answer, but so cool. So cool <laughs> to learn that. Very awesome. Well, sort of a, a last question we wanted to ask you, Zach, was if you're looking 10 years from now and you look back on this interview, how would you define success for treads oh, over, the, over that course of time? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a deep question. And I think any, any entrepreneur out there is just like, what type of legacy can their company have? And, you know, what kind of, what's the level of impact you can have on your customers? And I, it's really no different, I think, for treads. And, and maybe it's, it's a little redundant because I said it earlier, but, you know, having treads kind of become that household you know, name where I look, I think with most consumers nowadays, like there's always our standard apps that we have on our phone. Right. And 
if treads is one of those just standard apps that we always have, you know, that's, that's really mission accomplished for us because we know if, if, if somebody has our app on their phone, we're having a positive impact on their life. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, transportation, you know, is the backbone of our social and economic well-being. And if we can make life easier, if we can make car maintenance more affordable, you know, all of those dynamics, that's like mission accomplished for us. That's, that's a home run. So that's awesome. Zach, before we let you go, just wanted to ask you one more question here, which is, do you have any advice for the pilgrims, which is what we call our listeners who may be looking to get into the world of venture, whether that's starting a startup or just getting involved in entrepreneurship at large. Yeah. Advice is a, it's always a hard one to give, I think, but I think it's just making sure you love what you're doing at the end of the day, no matter what it is, like if you're flipping burgers or, you know, writing checks as a VC or you're just in the trenches as, as a startup founder, like doing customer interviews and thinking about the next, you know, feature in your product. Like you just have to love what you do because if you're just like stuck doing something because it pays you good money, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, you have to like take a step back at the end of the day and just feel good and psyched about getting up in the morning and, you know, having those moments of just kind of self-actualization, like, you know, when you're doing the right thing and you know, if it's making you happy or not. So if that's a startup, you know, go, go do it, whatever it is. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of a tough one, but for me, are you genuine, genuinely happy doing what you're doing? Cause I mean, you kind of have to be a little crazy, I think, to do startups, but uh, <laughs> you know, if it's right for you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And in our brief conversation, it's more than clear that you love what you're doing with treads and, and you're in the right spot. So we wish you the best of luck, Zach. We're so happy to Thanks. have you on the show after having covered you uh, just only a couple episodes back and yeah. really enjoyed this conversation. What is the best way for people listening to get in touch with you, get in touch with treads and follow along? Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, you can always drop me an email, Zach at treads.app. Love to, I always love connecting with entrepreneurs, potential partners, all the above. So, and, and again, appreciate you guys having me on and it's, it's always fun talking startups. Yeah. Yeah. We had a blast. So we'll let you go, Zach. And Good luck. Hopefully we're doing a check-in episode once you guys have raised the Series A here soon. Heck yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of Startups and Venture Capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low key, okie dokie. That's alright, but wait, I 
don't know how to do 